A podcast by Cipra. Il podcast della Cipra. Le podcast della Cipra. Der Cipra podcast. Ciprim podcast. Interviews, background talks and voices from all alpine countries. Listen to this and more in the podcast of the International Commission for the Protection of the Alps. www.cipra.org forward slash podcast. Welcome to another edition of our Zipra podcast. Transport and mobility is one of the main causes of climate change. In the Alps, almost 30% of all greenhouse gases can be attributed to transport. And both passenger and freight traffic volumes are rising continuously. Travel through the Alps by train in a climate-friendly way with our project Youth Alpine Interrail also known as Joalin. Young adults traveled through the Alps by train in the summer of 2018 and 2019, making first-hand experiences with climate change and sustainable mobility. But what is really needed for climate-friendly travel in the Alps? On December 9th in 2020, Joalin travelers Luisa, Nicolas, Mateusz, Natel and Laura discussed this with the following political representatives. Katharina Zwettler from the Austrian Federal Ministry for Climate Action of the Environment, Nature Conservation and Nuclear Safety. Blanka Bartol from the Slovenian Ministry of the Environment and Spatial Planning. Markus Becker, German Federal Ministry of Environment, Nature Conservation and Nuclear Safety and Mariana Elmi, Deputy Secretary-General of the Alpine Convention. During the next half hour you will hear the second part of this discussion hosted by Magdalena Christandl, one of the first Jualin travelers. I would like to ask Laura, because she's also involved uh, in Mind change, mindset changing processes, I would like to call it. Uh, Laura, you were also traveling with the Yolin and you are a member of the organization Rehab. Maybe um, could you tell us how, as a part of Rehab, uh, how do you motivate people to, to collect trash or like to think about sustainability? Could you share your experiences, please, with us? Um, of course. It's quite like... It's, it's kind of an environmental psychology behind it. When we, when we take that approach, we were like, when you have a habit, it normally comes from um, doing it frequently and connecting a feeling to it. So like the ultimate goal for us, I would say, is to make environmental thinking or environmental action a habit. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, there's lots of knowledge out there, how harmful, um, different kinds of um, transportation like going by car or going by plane is but um, only knowing doesn't motivate people to actually doing something so what we're trying to do um, with uh, the organization I'm part of like rehab um, our motto is um, in German it would be einfach mal machen in English it would be just do it so to get people into action quickly um, in order to generate um, positive, 
hopefully positive feelings with that action. And when you do it repetitively, then um, it can become with the associate, associated with the positive feeling a habit. And then you can incorporate more into your normal life. And that's basically what we are trying to do to lower the entry barrier to really do something. Um, because I think that's the also one big major issue that many people have, although they think, okay, how can I get involved? How can I get engaged? How can I get active? Um, what is out there? But then, okay, you have, um, you're not sure what can, what can I really do? And just giving them a point to start, a very easy one. For example, for me, it was quite um, nice how I joined this whole thing was basically I got um, an email from a university where, where they invited for a change maker seminar. And there, um, this organization rehab just introduced um, themselves and they were saying, okay, if you want to continue working on your ideas that you just created during the seminar, you can just come around and join and see what develops out of that. So I think a big issue is really lowering entry barriers, um, making easy steps, small steps, and also communicating, okay, if you're doing a small step, then it's already something in the right direction. You don't have to change the world on one day. It's basically small steps and then getting involved. And then you can think about the bigger picture as well. So individual action on the one hand, but also um, the community on the other hand, like for example, what we have with Yolin is very uh, inspiring. We, I mean, I still have contact with some of the Yolins and it's so empowering to have a network that stands behind you and is um, pursuing the same ideas that you have. And that can give you a lot of strength once you um, entered the whole thinking process. So I think that's two parts. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also proud of our Yolin community. <laughs> So we need more communities. That's true. Um, yeah, let's go to our Yolin community. Mateusz, you are also part of the Yolin community. Um, I would like to ask you, Mateusz, um, as you're like a, a traveler and a mountain guide to be, um, what do you think uh, is missing for the young people to motivate them to stay at home in the Alps for the holidays and not flying to Mallorca for 10 euros? Um, I don't really think that anything is missing. Uh, it's probably more, there's probably more factors why people are not going rather than why they should go. Because Alps have so much to offer. They have super rich culture, super diverse. They have amazing views, amazing ski resorts, climbing, hiking destinations. Um, and people travel on the other side of the globe to experience such things while we have all of that in our backyards. It's, in my mind, it's more of a question why people don't come here rather than why they should go. Because uh, simply put, I think Alps, I mean, Europe in general is one of the most culture and uh, naturally rich uh, parts of the earth. And there's just so much to see. And Alps are even more intense than that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to describe everything that's to do and to see here. Uh, but I'm certain that there's definitely something for everyone. And no doubt that 
with just a little bit of help, young people would definitely want to consider Alps rather than flying to, I know, Greece or uh, Egypt or, I know, Southeast Asia. There's definitely a great alternative in Alps. That's true. <laughs> yeah, the Alps have a lot to offer. Um, while you are traveling the Alps, um, how do you deal with the last mile if the train is not going to the mountain you would like to climb? Do you have some experiences? Uh, well, I mean, of course, you always try to either hitchhike or uh, arrange some other type of transport. But if there's no other possibility, you just walk. You have to consider that and um, if you're going to mountains, you're going there to walk. So don't try to ride as high as you can. That's true. <laughs> That's a really wise word. Thank you, Mateusz. Um, Eva, she's also from Slovenia, like Mateusz, and she was also traveling in last, last summer. Which experiences did you make uh, while traveling with you all in? Is there like just going on the train is enough or do we need to prepare us and um, to plan everything in, in advance? Uh, hi. So for me, I was traveling with uh, two other girls. So maybe a difficult thing for us was a change of mentality because we didn't travel in this way in the past. We were like, you know, easy travelers, as we were talking about before, you know, like maybe just going on a destination and then do things there. But uh, then with uh, joining this uh, project, uh, we got some other insights what we could do. So we tried to just have an open mind. And we actually, when we started traveling, we didn't really make uh, any uh long-term plans, what we want to do. So we were mostly um, like asking local people, um, what would they maybe recommend for us to do? So we would get the most out of the experience. So maybe some things that aren't possible to be found on the internet. And also for us, this was like a good, a good way to experience um, more local communities. Okay. That's great that you made these experiences while you are in. Um, maybe one more really short question. If all cars stop working tomorrow, would that change something for you? Or are you saying, I don't care? Yes, I think it would. Because still some destinations are uh, not possible to be accessed just by local transports. So still, um, I think that we are very dependent of cars. So if in, if in this moment this would happen, I think it would be a problem, but maybe in the future um, it will be less and less of a problem. Okay, so hopefully we just need some more years cars and then we don't need them anymore. That would be great. Thank you, Eva. So let's travel to... Uh, to France for our next Yolin guest, uh, Natel. He's working as a consultant to implement the youth participation in the Alps. So I would like to ask Natel, um, what do you think? I mean, you are working uh, a lot with young people. What do you think their wishes are for more sustainability in the Alps? I will talk about uh, youth participation, so sustainability, but also youth participation in general. 
And I think first, I must say that young people should not be seen as one group, you know, and more in like a group of individuality and not as one group. So I think this is something very important because we have these habits to simplify everything uh, right now, nowadays. And I think this is sometimes a mistake. And then what do young people need to implement their ideas for a more sustainable um, society? I think they must to be listened, they must to be stressed, so taken seriously. I think some of young people um, talked about it uh, just before. They need opportunities, opportunities to um, be part of the decision, be part of one organization. So I can talk about um, job opportunities, um, trainees, uh, like um, internship. Uh, they need to be empowered. So um, for that, they need uh, sometimes financial support. They need uh, trainings. They need to meet, to talk. So between them, also between um, the, like with the politicals. So um, financial support, for example, if you have to meet somewhere, a lot of young people don't have the money to go to this meeting and uh, that has to be planned by the organization in order to, to allow them to go. And um, also I think that the organizations and the politics must be more flexible and adapt to the young people to give them the time to, to do their actions and to really adapt the tools and the methods that uh, they offer, you know, but there is a long list of uh, what do they need, I guess. So. <laughs> and I don't want to be part of this simplification of uh, what is youth and youth participation as well. Okay. Thank you, Nadel. And one more short question. How does the perfect holiday in the Alps look like for you? <laughs> yeah, being home, I guess I'm born in the Alps, so it's not so hard. And since the, the lockdown, I think it we have to get used to stay home and to stay close to our or like um, surrenders. Uh, I guess we are lucky to live in the apps. Like Matthias said, uh, we have so many things to do. I bought some snow uh, racket. It's like uh, things to go walk on the snow yesterday for this weekend. So I think we have so many things to do in the apps and we are lucky uh, about that. And yeah, the perfect is to just be, explore or surrenders. And I think yeah, this is, very very easy to do uh, so in the Alps and uh, we have to also change our way as Matev said change our way of traveling because uh, the progress pushes to always go further and faster but when you go around you you see what distance really means you know because when you go to uh, mountains around you you go by walk you go by bike and the distance is so much different than when you take a plane car or, or train you know so when I went from here, Chambéry, to München for my Erasmus, I took my bike for 10 days. And that's when I really realized what is the distance, you know, like, because right now I think we lost these meanings of what is distance. So this is something really important. That's true. Yeah. So the bike is, is becoming more important than ever, I guess. That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Natal, for your answers. Um, now I would like to ask all of all of you in one short sentence maybe two to sum it up how can we get from saying to doing 
maybe we can start uh, with Mariana. Many participants to the ULIN said, yeah, we talk with politicians and they don't listen and nothing changes. And then how can we do that? Maybe you don't like what I'm going to say, but why don't you try to change also things from the inside? I know that politics is not very appealing <laughs> to a lot of people. And I know that sometimes we really do not have the best people in politics, but I would say as a voter, as a person who votes, I would really vote one of you guys, uh, Yoalin guys, <laughs> if you would decide, you know, to take action. So, yeah, I think we can change a lot of things from the outside, but I think that somehow we need also to change the political system and also how it is inside. So I would really encourage people to start thinking about, you know, changing things from the inside get in the power and make a change also in that way. Okay. Thank you, Mariana. Katarina, what do you think about it? What I really would like to say to all of you is keep on going. Do what you do. Do it uh, with consciousness. Do it with power. Do it with great engagement. Be uh, the dog that bites in the feet of politicians maybe this is something that i should not say but i do uh, be the biting dog uh, don't always be comfortable or nice and friendly but be precise and say what you wish for and you wished for a yolin ticket during the summer you got it i know it's only 100 person of you but at least you got it so stay active that's that's my simple message. Thank you. And thank you for organizing this. Uh, these events are very important to keep in mind that there are more people who are encouraged, who are engaged um, and talk about it. Thank you. Thank you, Katharina. We will try <laughs> to keep biting. <laughs> Blanca, what do you think? It was interesting to listen also to the Yoalins, um, people from Yoalin that experienced uh, a lot in, this, in those years. So I think that you um, all gained um, a lot of good experiences. And I think that they should be promoted um, whenever it, it is possible. And uh, I think that people are really inspired by them or can be inspired and or you should seek for 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 inspiring them and uh, in this way um there a change can be also made i mean the first place that you have inspiration and you're inspired by someone and then you 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 try to change something um and uh, as katarina said keep going because um you should uh, work on this um, constantly, not not saying, okay, now we we have done this for five years and then, okay, not major changes didn't appear yet, <laughs> but um, you have to be persistent in this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Thank you, Blanca. Markus Becker, what do you think is missing from saying to doing? most of the important things have been said and um, I think like the whole system is dependent from push and pull factors. Of course we need many pull factors so we need a, um, a good offer, a good mindset and um, we need good opportunities to 
to take uh, sustainable choices. And I would like to emphasize maybe again the push factors. So we need a we need to end fossil fuel subsidies also in transportation wherever they occur, uh, and we need to internalize the external costs associated with transportation. And I think these two are major tasks, and this is in particular true for international um, transportation. So um, I think we can see that the EU is already struggling hard um, to discuss uh, the taxation of, of aviation, for instance. Um, and um, I think also in the political discussion about the climate action plan of the Alpine Convention, it, it was already a little bit uh, noticeable um, that even um, bilateral or multilateral member state um, agreements on, on different say, treatment of transportation um, might be difficult to, to achieve. So I think these, uh, these two, the uh, internalization of external costs and, and ending fossil fuel subsidies uh, are really important as push factors as well. And um, yeah, but also saying this is a major task and we need to work hard in order to be successful here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we have a lot, a lot to do, a lot to work on. Thank you, Marcus Becker. So I would also like to ask the Yolins about how how we can get from saying to doing. Maybe in one short sentence, that would be great. Maybe we can start with Nicolas again. Okay, I'm going to say something that uh, probably wouldn't require a big debate afterwards, but. Uh, um, for, from going to saying to doing, uh, I would say to be radical in our choices. Uh, I don't want to say uh, use your car as little as possible, but don't even own a car. You, you, we can be radical if we want to be coherent uh, about uh, about we, what we truly believe, even if it takes a lot of effort. That's true. <laughs> really wise words. Thank you, Nicholas. Luisa, what are your thoughts about it yeah how to say it as short as possible i think um, if you already care about the issues then it doesn't take much to go from saying to doing then it just needs to start somewhere and do a very small thing whatever it is take the take the public transport one time to to go to the mountains instead of your car like you usually do that's that's how you get from saying to doing but on a more societal level I absolutely don't have the answer to it because I don't know whether we can make everyone in our society actually care about the issues and whether it doesn't need big enough portion of the society caring about it, but the other um, half kind of being dragged behind because the systemic um, regulations are in a way that incentivize it. Laura? What do you think? Maybe beyond the only, I, I mean, one big point, as I already said, is the get people connecting information with feelings for making the habit, but also give people room for experiencing. Um, for example, I would say when we're also busy with our daily lives, um, we don't have the room for trying something new out or we feel too overwhelmed. And maybe also changing that system that we say, okay, we dedicate 10% of our working time for doing something extraordinary and then we get inspired and do yeah and change our lives okay yeah that would be great if we could spend more time for the for the good things <laughs> um Mateusz, what do you think do we need 
for their doing and being? I think we should primarily lead by example because there's enough to do and see and there are good reasons behind our actions. So people just need to be introduced to our ideas and if we keep on doing them, they'll realize uh, their benefits. And in the end, I think many will be drawn to them without um, some special some special things, uh, just our own commitment to them and doing what we stand behind. Yeah, that's that's also true, Mateusz. Thank you. Eva, I would like to hear also your opinion about saying and doing. How can we do it? Uh, yeah, so I think that we should start with the education uh, of children because For example, if you start living with nature uh, from a young age, then you will also like in the long run, you will feel a deeper emotional connection with it and you would also fight stronger for it than, for example, if you try to just change an opinion of someone who is older. So I think that this in a long run uh, would be very practical. The kids are a key element. That's true. So, Natal, you are working with young people. What are you thinking about from saying to doing? Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, of course, with Eva about the fact that we have to educate. Um, also, I think that we have a lot of privilege to talk about it, uh, and not everyone has the same uh, level of awareness about uh, these topics. And I think that uh, we also have to. Um, to really think more global and see how we can really like spread this um, way of uh, thinking and way to act, not as wealthy as us um, people, you know, because I think I see around me in my in my neighborhood, there is a lot of trash on the ground. And uh, I think uh, it's because I'm living in a neighborhood where people are not as educated and as different uh, needs. And I think more uh, needs that are like to eat and to to just find a job instead of really thinking about how we can save the planet you know so i think that we really have to think like we are the one that has a lot of privilege to be able to take time has said laura to to that you know and i think we have to to educate uh, for that yes for sure This was the second part of our discussion about climate-friendly mobility, hosted by Magdalena Christandl from our project Youth Alpine Interrail. You can find out more about this project on joalin.org. My name is Michael Gams. Thank you for listening. A podcast by Cipra. Il podcast della Cipra. Le podcast de la Cipra. Der Cipra podcast. Cipra podcast. Interviews, background talks, and voices from all Alpine countries. Listen to this and more in the podcast of the International Commission for the Protection of the Alps, www.cipra.org forward slash podcast.